Lord God, we ask that you would help us uh, to hear you speaking in accents clear and still. That we would hear your promise today. The promise of eternal life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Wonder if you've ever had a shock whenever you're doing the laundry. You've had, now obviously I'm speaking to the men here mostly, but you know, women as well, maybe, you know. Um, so you have a load of whites in the wash. And you open the washing machine and suddenly your nice white shirts or your white blouses are now a delicate shade of pink. (laughs) One stray red sock made it into the pile and suddenly everything else is affected by it. We're taking a few weeks to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. At the resurrection of Jesus and what it means for us. And Paul says that the resurrection is a bit like that red sock in the washing machine. It affects everything else. Nothing else will ever be the same afterwards. And so far in the chapter we've seen that Jesus was raised according to the scriptures. As told by the eyewitnesses. And last week we thought about the consequences of Jesus not being raised. If Jesus is not raised, then our preaching would be in vain. Your faith would be in vain. We're telling lies about God. We're still in our sins. And we're to be pitied over all people. But Paul says that we don't need to worry about those things. Because... At verse 20, and if, it, if you have it open in front of you, it'll be good to follow along. Because Paul says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. So Jesus really was raised. We can be sure of that fact. And from today for the next couple of Sundays, that we get to see what that means for us, both in the future, but also in the here and now. And it starts with that verse, verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Jesus is described as the first fruits. Now I've mentioned this before but I'm not much of a gardener and I don't really have much of a clue about plants or flowers or anything like that. But the the farmers and the gardeners will know what this is straight away, the first fruits. After you've planted your seed there's a bit of a wait and you might wonder if anything's happening at all. But eventually you'll see the first shoots appear. And then eventually the very first apple or tomato or ear of corn or whatever it is that you're growing. That's your first fruits. The first 
fruit of the plant. It's the sign that the harvest is on the way. The rest of the crop will follow and it'll soon be time to gather it in. And Paul says that Jesus is the first fruits. That he is the one who has come first. And look at what he says. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So Jesus' resurrection is a pointer to our resurrection. If we're linked to him. Jesus being raised is a sign that we too will be raised. If we're connected to him. Look at at verses 21 and 22. And see how they compare and contrast. It says this. For as by a man came death. By a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die. So also in Christ shall all be made alive. Death came into the world through one man. Through Adam. That was in the Garden of Eden when he took the forbidden fruit. When he disobeyed God's command. When he sinned. And Romans reminds us as we've heard today. The wages of sin is death. So Adam's sin brought death into the world for the first time. But now through the actions of another man. Through one man. Jesus, the resurrection of the dead, has also come. You see, Jesus has done all that was necessary to overcome death through his perfect obedience and his sin-bearing death and his being raised to new life. Because he has been raised, new life is available to us as well. We just need to be Connected to him. That's what verse 22 shows us. You see by nature all of us are in Adam. You see Adam wasn't just acting on his own behalf in the Garden of Eden. He was acting as our representative. As our head. The choices that he made. The action that he took. Affects us all. We see things like it all the time. I was uh, talking earlier on with the Sunday school about how you, you talk about how we won or we lost, even if you weren't actually on the pitch playing the game. Or maybe your boss decides that everyone in the company is going to have to work longer hours. Their decision affects you, whether you like it or not. Well, in the same way, we are all in Adam. He chose to disobey, but we all follow in his footsteps. We are also in sin. But the contrast is there again. Do you see it there in verse 22? So also in Christ shall all be made alive. Being connected to Adam brings death. But being connected to Christ brings life. So which one 
are you in? Or if you'd like to, uh, to put it like this, who is driving your bus? You see, we all start in Adam's bus. We all have this end destination of death. But have you got off his bus and got on to Jesus' bus? Are you in Christ? It's not automatic, you see. The all in Adam is not the same all in Christ. It's not everybody both times. We see that in verse 23, where Paul says, But, in, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to him. Those who are in Christ are those who belong to him. The bus driver, he gets to the stop first. And the passengers follow behind. The first fruits are gathered in first and then comes the rest of the harvest. Christ has been raised. That has already happened. We can now be sure that those who belong to him will also be raised. So are you in Adam? Or are you in Christ? Are you confident of this hope promised to us? Jesus has been raised the first fruits. Our resurrection in him is assured. But Jesus' resurrection is also the first taste of his kingdom rule. The Old Testament prophecies of Psalms 8 and 110, which we both heard this morning, are fulfilled as Jesus reigns until all his enemies are put under his feet. Now, if you were here last week, you know that that I got a Fredo, that my birthday is coming soon. And I don't know, it's maybe a sign that I'm getting old. But I recently invested in a footstool. (laughs) And it sits in front of my rocking chair. That that really does make me sound old. You know, it's so good to sit down, but it's even better to have your feet up. So it is. Well... Jesus' enemies are what he rests his feet on. And Paul says that the final enemy to be destroyed, verse 26, is death. The resurrection of Jesus is like D-Day in World War II. The victory is assured, but the war isn't over yet. Death continues to claim us. We continue to have funerals, but not forever. Death will not have the final say. Death cannot have the final say. 
it too will be like my footstool. Death will be under Jesus' feet. Death will be no more. The first fruits shows us that. Just as Jesus rose, we too will rise. Freed from death in new resurrection life, just like Jesus. And knowing this, knowing that this will happen in the future, must change how we live in the present. The Corinthians, they seem to be aware of that, based on what is probably one of the hardest verses in the whole Bible to understand. Verse 29. Paul says, otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? And I want to say with Paul, what do people mean? Because one commentator has suggested that there's over 400 different possible meanings of what Paul is referring to there. Don't worry, we're not going to look at them all this morning. But it might be that someone had believed in in Christ, but had died before they were baptized. And someone else was baptized on their behalf. But Paul says, why why bother doing that if the dead aren't raised? If if death is the end and there's nothing after, then, then why bother with that? Or, as he goes on to say in verse 30 and following, why would Paul bother putting himself in danger? Travelling around the known world to tell people about Jesus if the dead aren't raised. There would be no reason at all. It would be a waste of his time, a waste of his effort. In fact, if, if... If there's no resurrection, look at verse 32 and the second part of it. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Now that's not the the slimmer's phrase, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. But if death is the end, why not just have a good time? As the phrase you might see on Facebook sometimes, you're not here for a long time, so have a good time. And that's what the Corinthians had been told by the false teachers that they were listening to. And that's what the Corinthians had been told by the society around them, that, you know, have a good time now, because that's it. But Paul says they need to stop being deceived. Verse 33. To wake up from their drunken stupor. And not go on sinning. The resurrection of Jesus. Means that we too. Will be raised to new life. And that must make a difference. In the way that we live. Not for ourselves. 
Not for our own pleasure, but for him who died for us and who lives for us. To follow him. To obey him. The life that we have is not our own, it is Christ's. For him to use us as he pleases. For Paul, it felt like dying every day. As he gave himself to share the good news of Jesus. Putting himself in danger every hour. Because he knew that death wasn't the end. He gave himself to persuade people to move from being united to Adam. And all the the costs that that involves to being united with Christ. Of giving people a hope and a future. Do you know, even this past week, I stood at a graveside and recited these words. And as I said them, I had that resonance that, do you know, these are words that are so important. That if we don't have these words, then we really do have nothing. And you will hear these words as you stand by the graveside of someone you love. And these words will be said at at your graveside as well someday. What a comfort to know this hope. To hold on to this hope as we face the future with confidence. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Harvest time is coming. The first fruits have already been gathered in because Christ is raised. Will you be gathered in with him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words. We thank you for the reality check that they give us, reminding us of our own mortality uh, as we are in Adam. We pray that you would uh, confirm this hope in our hearts, that we, as we uh, trust in Christ, would be found in him, that we too would be raised with him, That we would live with him forever. We pray this in his precious name. Amen. Amen.